This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. When your business is travel and the world suddenly comes to a standstill, your life and your business changes in an instant. That's the situation Megan Eisenberg found herself in. Megan is the CMO of Trip Actions, and when everything in the world started to shift, she was thrust into a new kind of action to find ways to address the situation and serve her customers and employees in the best ways possible. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Megan opens up about what this process has been like for her and Trip Actions, and she walks us through the actions they had to take to switch gears and navigate through some of the hardest times we've seen in recent memory. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and we are joined by recurring guests, recurring special guests. Megan, what's going on? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to have you back. Um, You know, obviously, uh, for listeners who don't know, uh, we've had Megan on a few times um, to talk about her career and some of the amazing stuff that they're doing at Trip Action. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and listen. Um, but today we wanted to have uh, you on because I've been following along uh, on Twitter and checking in with what you're doing. And I think, you know, in in the time of of the current crisis and the healthcare crisis and financial crisis and some of the things going on, um, I just feel like you have an amount of uh, a command and a, and a levity to to what you're doing and understanding both from a company perspective and from a CMO perspective. So just want to chat with you and hear what you're doing and some best practices of kind of leading during these times. So yeah, what have the last uh, three weeks been like for you? Yeah. So, you know, we are in business travel. So as you imagine, uh, no one would have thought ever that travel would completely halt. 93% of the world right now is on lockdown uh, with travel restrictions. So um, we started to see it play out over a little over three weeks. And I would say there's kind of four things you do as a company as you start to see this happen. Um, uh, one, you really think about your customers and what they need in the moment. So uh, as they, you know, we had travel maps or our version of duty of care, they could see where their travelers were, uh, but, and where people were about to travel to, but they didn't have a way three weeks ago to blacklist. And all of a sudden you wanted to blacklist people from going to certain, you know, to Asia and then certain countries in Europe and then all of Europe and then UK and Mexico. And so uh, I, I got, I remember getting the call Friday afternoon and, and the CEO and head of product um, were saying, we're going to build product. We need to launch it on Monday. Engineering's working all week. Weekend. And we're going to give, we're going to hook into the CDC. We're going to bring real life data in on level one, two, and three um, countries. And so our travel managers that are running these programs can quickly figure out where they need to blacklist. And then we're going to build features that let them do it by country, continent, intercontinent, uh, state, airport, you name it, at what level, at really a, a route based. Um, tooling that would allow them to protect their travelers and then communicate out to anyone who tried to had something booked. And so very quickly we realized we were launching something new and what do you have to do? You have to enable the field. You have to, you know, let your customers know. And so we were, you know, all hands on deck that weekend. And then as we started to see it spread across the world, we realized bookings were, were going to go down 
and that every single traveler in the world is going to need to get home. And so as a company, we trained sales and marketing across the board, all of us to be able to handle chat volume because we went up 700% chat volume. And we normally will answer within 30 seconds for travelers chatting in or calling in. And uh, we were able to keep it down under six minutes so we could handle different things. And we even had CEOs that were on vacation that were customers of ours for their company that couldn't get through their airline. They were on hold for an hour and a half that were calling and chatting in. And we were helping them get their families home, find the flights that were available. So it was definitely... Um, immediately we're focused on customer and I think that's number one figure out what your customer needs and build it very quickly in this new reality uh, then um, number two is product market fit right um, and messaging around that if you think about it our slogan kind of up to this COVID world was the best experience in business travel Nobody was having a good experience in business travel. And all of a sudden you realize that everything you're doing for marketing needs to be audited and rewritten. And so we went through and we assigned out to the entire team. We rewrote the website. We had to do a brand new sales enablement kit. We had, we had to, you know, do business travel continuity and train on that. We had to train on traveler safety, controlling cost. Um, all our outreach sequences, so your SDRs and MDRs can no longer say, hey, the best experience in business travel, it's all about the, you know, it was just this, like, realization that every single message was wrong. We had 12 nurture streams for different personas, and they were localized. We had to pull those all in, rewrite all of them. Then we had onboarding of travelers that were not on, on message anymore. All our social handles were about the best experience, so we had to rewrite all our social handles. We had launched a product the week before called Trip Actions Liquid which is a corporate card and we had all these ads that were running and it was business travel has never been this smooth right playing off liquid nothing smooth so all of a sudden it was like um, you know payments and diligence around corporate payments and being diligent with your you know so imagine everything being re rewritten and I had hired the team we'd gone from 10 to 50 in a year and all of a sudden all that content and all everything we'd written we had to go audit and rewrite because you, you know, you don't want to be tone deaf. You don't want to send someone something that's no longer relevant in the world we're in. So, you know, back to the point, like, first of all, take care of your customers, make sure they're safe and they have what they need. Number two, make sure you have product market fit that you're delivering product to the new world. Number three, cost preservation, right? Every CFO and every CEO was sitting down and looking at the new reality and, you know, you have to have cash, right? My dad even texted me that week. It was so funny. He texted me and he said, Megan, love cash more than your mother. And I was like, <laughs> oh, great. Because <laughs> he, he used to be in, he was a startup guy in yeah. tech on, you know, on the appliance side. And, you know, he saw all the, you know, downturns and recessions and tech going out of business and, you know, the bankruptcies. And so he was texting me on it. And so all of a sudden you've got to look at, okay, how much cash do we have? What's your burn rate? What's your revenue? You know, how long can we go uh, and make the right calls? You know, and that's slashing budget. That's cutting back on headcount. That's freezing headcount out of the beginning. And so that was third. And then fourth is your people, making sure you take care of your employees and your team because they're experiencing this horrible thing on the news. It's bad. It's impacting their lives. They're working from home. A lot of us have kids. So I have three kids. All of a sudden we're homeschooling and trying to figure out that thing while trying to get your business you know, stabilized and your messaging. So we put some really long hours in and days and my team was working really hard uh, over the last couple of weeks. And we did, we went through layoffs, um, which was tough on the team. 
And then we had to like figure out how do we, you know, rebound and keep, you know, we got to keep, you've got to get our business back on track. We've got to get other businesses back on track. Um, and I, and I really love, there's a Latin proverb that says, um, if there's no wind, what do you do? You row. <laughs> so yeah, no wind totally. row. So we had to row. We had to row with our product. We had to row with our messaging. We had to row with our sales enablement, with our, you know, everything we had building content and new content. So it's been a very busy couple weeks. I think yeah. I've aged a bunch. <laughs> it's certainly in the last couple of weeks. You know, I uh, you have such a great Zoom background on this, so I could I couldn't even tell if you aged today. Um, <laughs> yeah, the happiness of the yellow Zoom, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, it it is. It reminds me of uh, I don't know if you ever read a message to Garcia, but it's sort of the thing where you know uh, the the it boils down to the fact of like, are you the type of employee that can take a message to Garcia, right? It's like, if, if you get given a task, are you going to do it without asking questions to figure out like, you know, it's like you hand your employee a bucket of paint and a, uh, and a paintbrush and say, Hey, that, uh, that billboard on one one like that's gotta be gone by tomorrow. Sort of. A yeah. Thing. That's like, right. Because like you, you said, otherwise like, it, you're not relevant, right? You risk your brand, you, you know, and, you risk and your tone customers. deaf and rude and, and, yes. and many other things, uh, and flippant potentially. And, yes. um, and, uh, and it's just not what you want, especially like, you know, and I think your company too, like, it's so important. You have people that use your product that are all over the globe that are trying to get home. Like it is all hands on deck. Like it's not one of those things where it's like, Hey, this is just like a marketing motion that we're running. It's like, it's important stuff to make sure that you're not, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not serving ads to someone who is stuck in a country, um, that they can't get out of. Like that's, it is an, it's a very important thing because I know for a fact, if I was in that, if I was in that situation, I would not want that to be happening to me. Yeah. Well, we were also seeing our own employees that were traveling. And as soon as we saw countries start to shut down and there was, you know, Hey, you had 48 hours to get on a plane back from Europe. People were taking their personal credit cards and buying flights and putting our employees on it to make sure they had a flight home. If they hadn't seen it, like they were sleeping in the middle of the night and we saw it come across in the U S that the U S was shutting down stuff. So definitely a lot of activity to uh, take care of customers and employees um, the other thing we saw is everyone had so many questions because there's so much information and misinformation out there that we, what we realized is we didn't have a, a, like a traditional community where people could go and just ask questions. And so that week, um, we, we said, okay, we need to stand up a community. What technologies out there? You know, we went out on G2 or like what kind of technologies do, um, community. We started evaluating what's in our budget because our budget's a lot smaller. What can we stand up in a day and get through procurement? And so within, I would say 24, 48 hours, we stood up a community. We stood up Vanilla Forum. And as why, while we were evaluating technology, the content team was building out content calendar. Um, we were talk, reaching out to influencers. We were pulling what we were seeing in the news so we could populate it. So we stood it up and we had to give it, you know, rules and login and different things like that and have a, you know, Legal had to look at the kind of the laws of the community and then we posted it and we just let people add stuff. Things like, um, you know, right now, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Things like, hey, what's going to happen to my miles on airlines? What's going to happen to my points at hotels? Um, can I travel to this country? What are some policies? What does shelter at home mean? Like all these questions. So I was 
very impressed by the, my team ability to something that you should probably take one to two or three months to build out and think through. Like we're like, nope, we got to just do it now. Stand it up. We'll just like, we'll start with coronavirus. Eventually we'll, we'll pivot and do more business travel. But right now everyone has questions around coronavirus and its impact. And so we stood that up and I, you know, when I, when people ask me, what do you recommend? I'm like, okay, after those four things I talked about, then you need to think about community and what are the, what's the content people need to learn from? Uh, a lot of people are trying to learn as much as they can and absorb. The other thing is when um, countries and, and places go into recession and depression, what happens is community colleges get really full because people get laid off and they're, um, you know, they're out of work and they try to redefine and rebuild their skill set to what the modern world needs or the post COVID world's going to need. So uh, my other recommendation is start, you know, standing up learning LMS systems. If you have something that you can train people on, certify them. Um, so they can come out of this even better. I, I know I've certainly been reading a ton of books, relying on books I've read uh, in the past, you know, where I read over a year ago, which I kept thinking about last couple of weeks is a hard thing about hard things yep, by totally. Ben Horowitz as yep. like a wartime CEO and what he went through in, in two, early 2000 and those tough decisions and how hard they worked and weekends and what they did to survive. Um, so I, I, I definitely, you, know, you kind of cha channel that. And as a leader, you have to balance. It's like there's a spectrum of fear and love. And, and where you fall on it. And I don't really like the fear side of it, but I would call it tough love, where it's what do you do to motivate your team that might be in shock, that might be um, debilitated by what's going on, knowing that you've got to row, like you need your team to row and like being very specific on what are your objectives? What are they focused on? What do they need to deliver? Who's on what? And then checking in with them. And so I have a stand up every morning with my directs and then at the end of the day, every other day with the entire team and we just check in, uh, make sure they're, you know, they're focused and they're working on what we need, if priorities shift that we shift and we check in on that. And then balancing that with, you know, a 15 minute Zoom walk, right? For those that aren't, you know, that can get outside, maybe their backyard or maybe a park where nobody's at and just taking our, our phone and our Zoom app and like getting out with some bring a kid, some bring a dog and like just going on a walk and checking in as humans and getting that sunshine and, and sort of lifting our spirits. So there's been a balance of like, take care of yourself mentally, but work really hard and keep moving, keep rowing um, so we can get through this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of resources that that organizations already have in the form of like sales and marketing teams that are ready to do exactly like you said. Where hey, we can just repurpose sales and marketing to handle uh, you know customer questions and things like that. Like the perfect reallocation of resources where you have people that are already used to talking and understanding the language of these people. And I think it really gets to the point of like what a trusted salesperson is supposed to do, right? Is like, you're supposed to be there for your customers for the thing that you're solving. And right now they don't need to worry about business travel, but they definitely need to worry about, you know, how their organization is changing, um, you know, in the, in the face of zero business travel. Right. And like, those are the sort of things where it's like, you can continue to be helpful and yes, you're not going to sell anything for, you know, potentially a long time, but you're going to, you know, be the, the place that they go for answers. And that's what you want to be. You want to be helpful. Yeah. You know, the interesting side of it is because we're usage based, um, we don't have revenues not going to come in until they travel, but we had our second largest month of onboarding new customers 
in our history. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we had a ton of people sign up for contracts. What we what happened is people got caught off guard. They people who had, didn't have managed systems uh, all of a sudden realized they didn't have duty of care. They didn't know where travelers were. People were booking, you know, not on a single system. Um, and say so we saw a lot of unmanaged go to manage and then others that were on legacy platforms that couldn't pivot quickly and build like the ability to blacklist, the ability to find travelers, communicate, high adoption of people using the tool. Because you imagine if everyone went and booked on consumer apps and all of a sudden you need to find where your employees are and you don't know because they didn't book on your booking tool. Uh, and so we, we saw actually a quite a large month. Um, which our partners in Asia saw similar activity because it hit eight. So we were told you actually may see a larger um, net new customers joining this month. Obviously, there's a delay because what, they have to kick off and start booking. Um, so I thought that was an interesting uh, thing for us and interesting for our sales. But think about the Zooms of the world. They had to train everyone at the company to take orders. Think of oh, all yeah. the people who signed up. Like, um, kudos to them. I, I'm I'm in awe of. You know, I read Eric's um, letter and it was in December, 10 million people a day would be on virtual conferencing calls. Now it's 200 million. Like they never thought so the crazy. entire world from education to business would be using their platform. And they've, you know, I think they've done an amazing job uh, keeping up with the demand for the most part. You know, yeah. I haven't had it and my kids are on it. They love it. Um, connecting with their classmates and I mean, you talk about from a pure marketing perspective, the, the case study on this someday is going to be absolutely fascinating because you talk about the Kleenex moment when your brand becomes yes. the thing. The way that people yes. are talking about Zoom, the way that my eight-year-old nephew yes. is talking about, oh, I was I Zoomed my friend. Like you, Again, like who knows what the future holds, but you do have to look at this and say like, holy moly, this is potentially like this marketing, <laughs> this marketing, uh, this thing, by the way, you, for our listeners who can't tell, she has a cat on her head on her Zoom uh, conference call now. So I learned how to do this yesterday. I downloaded Snap Camera and yeah. then it'll load to your Zoom and it does like virtual reality. And I was messing around with it, trying to find some cool things. And my five-year-old saw it and, and like if she were standing next to me, another cat would be on her head and she was sitting there petting it and she was giggling. And then my eight-year-old and my 10-year-old were like, I want that. So we, you know, one of them's computer was new enough that it worked. And then my older one, she has the oldest computer. It wouldn't work on hers. And it was just, you know, this is, a new reality. We need to figure out how to personalize uh, while we talk over Zoom, right? Think about what you can do with customers. Um, my my uh, my fiance sends uh, like messages or like screenshots to her grad school class with uh, with like a penguin on my lap and like all sorts of yeah. things. Like, where do you get like getting these photos? Um, no, but I, but I think I, you you do have this moment in time. I mean, I, to the to the Zoom thing. Um, I was talking to someone who. Uh, was facilitating them onboarding 200,000 customer or 200,000 person organization in 10 hours. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're crazy. talking about crazy massive, good. massive scale, but, and from a marketing perspective, and again, I think, you know, down the road, the, the zoom conversation is, is going to be fascinating um, yes. about this kind of watershed a moment. Case study at every business school, right? Yeah, no, seriously. But I think, but I think the broader thing that is so interesting from a marketing perspective is like your brand is your customer experience. Yes. more so than ever and when so that's you know and it's in peacetime it's like everything is good 
but your brand is your customer experience in the times of crisis as well. And like, you know, you see some, some brands that are doing a really good job of it and some are not. And I'm curious, like from an advertising perspective, like what do you do if you have the TV ads that are, that you've spent, you know, uh, you know, a million dollars creating super expensive TV spots that are all supposed to be running in, uh, in April? What do you do if you have- Well, I you think know, you're lucky if you're doing TV, right? Because people still watch TV. You're not lucky if you're doing airport ads and, oh, true, and, yeah. and, and physical ads. And I'll tell you what we did. Uh, and actually vendors are, I think, um, an important part of cost cutting is trying to figure out where you can cut your budget or, or you know, get money back maybe, or maybe out of contracts if you can. Um, so we've been advertising at airports on, on the jet bridges. And of course there's not a lot of traffic and we looked at the contracts and there's no way to get out of it. You're pretty locked in, but you know, we reached out to the vendors and they were, they are, were willing to work with us. And actually what they decided to do is to push it out three months and, and let our contract run an additional three months. And they're not going to take down the ads because that would just cost money and nobody's going to buy, you know, ads on jet bridges right now. And so I actually found the vendors get it that run, that support this and they're working with us and, and moving it out. So we don't lose that money while there's no eyeballs. So I do think you can go back and talk to some of, of the vendors from a digital display side. We went in and quickly pulled all our display ads. Same thing. We had emails going out like newsletters where we had an ad in it. We wrote them immediately and sent them all new ads, all new copy um, any digital magazines. And a lot of people aren't sending physical um, tech pubs out because nobody's in the office. So like they're deciding not to send it a circulation out. They're only doing their online magazine. So that protects us a little bit as well. If we had anything that was supposed to go in print, they're holding till people get back in the office. But as you imagine it, it affects direct mail too. You don't want to send direct mail right now to the office. You have to send them an email and they through some privacy, like Sendoso and these other companies allow you to send an email and then they fill out where they want the item to go and people can put privately their personal address. Um, so those companies are pivoting and how to do it, but you can't do your traditional direct mail uh, because that's all changed. And obviously you can't do events. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, and I'm curious, like it's an extremely tragic time and many of the things that are your really cool to see all of these companies step up and do what they do and pivot what they do and all of that. But like business is, you know, going to go back to a different way, but a similar way to as it was, you know, before in some amount of time. And like, yes. you have to prepare for that too. And I'm curious, like, how are you thinking about, you know, with all of the stuff that's going on with all of the work that, you, you know, you've been doing, like working long hours and things like that, how do you start thinking about like, what do we do to, you know, capture things when the world kind of comes back to normal a little bit? Yeah, actually, we've been creating a bunch of info guides and steps to recovery. Um, what we saw is routes were slowly coming offline as countries were going, you know, cutting it off. We, we see the future, there'll be route-based recovery. So let's say California may come back online and we'll, you know, you'll be able to fly to Narita um, in Japan, or you'll be able to go to London, or we'll have different states open up, different countries open up. So the product is getting ready to allow people to turn certain routes on for booking. Also, the product's allowing, there'll be essential travelers, maybe your executives or your lead salespeople will need to travel, but the rest of the company doesn't. So we'll roll specific turn on uh, to allow certain travelers and then guides for best practices of how to implement that. So we're creating guides around it. We're also, we have a lot of data and we can, we're starting to see based on 
patterns and based on what's already happening in Asia, what countries and what states will start to travel first. Um, it'll be different. People will wear masks and they'll do different sanitation and stuff like that. Um, but we can see like some states and countries will be as early as May and others will be July and August, depending on the different factors they did to slow it down, depending on, um, you know, if they're in a hot spot or not. Um, so we're, we're, we're collecting that data and enabling our travel managers to prepare for that. Um, we're, you know, we're still, I think cash preservation is going to go on for a while unless we come out of the economic crisis. So we're still being very careful about what we spend on, um, and all of that for the future. Um, and we're just, we're, we think it matters more than ever to be close to your customers because, you know, I think there may be a delay on the SaaS side, but renewals are going to matter, right? You don't really know the impact if you're SaaS until you start to get into renewals. And what every CFO is doing right now, even ours, is here's all the technology we spend on, ranking them. Which ones do you really need? Which one, you know, what's critical and what's not? And we need to be prepared to, to leave those contracts when the term's up. And so you'll see that across the board. So if you're selling software tech and every company's starting to do that, you need to make yourself critical. You, you better make sure you're connect with your customer, that you're delivering value, that you're, um, you know, if, if not your product is pivoting to deliver the value that they need in this new world, um, this kind of new online world that we're going to be in for a while. Yeah. How do you think about like, messaging and not not being insensitive during that time because i think that that's you know there's some people obviously who just like don't really feel comfortable communicating at all you've obviously seen the like every single ceo of every company you've ever bought from has you know sent out an email um yeah. but you also have some organizations that just like don't want to feel insensitive um and i think you know more than anything people want content they want to be caught up you know they might not care about you know getting something from the people who makes their chocolates but you know, at the same time, like if you have news to share, it is, it is important from a B2B perspective though. It's like, this is people's jobs, right? Like it, it is yeah, the reason why people buy software is it is essential to your business. That's why yeah. you're using it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a nice to have in a lot of cases. It's a must have. So I'm just curious, how do you think about messaging? I mean, my, my thing is one, Focus on customers, number one. Make sure you're communicating with them. Make sure you they have what they need. Uh, I think that uh, matters. Content that's educational always, I think, is beneficial. Um, educational about their space, about their role. You know, we also stood up office hours for CFOs where we didn't, you know, we're not selling to them. We're giving them a forum to talk about what they're seeing. Uh, and so they came together and they've been talking about the issues and what they're doing for cash preservation. Same with uh, head of people, same with risk and compliance, procurement, like bringing them together in forums where you're not selling to them, but you're allowing them to, you're giving them a forum and a community and you're inviting, inviting your customers and anyone else to join. So I think that's one way to stay connected and, and in, in there uh, with your brand. Um, you know, the education side of it, if you can do certifications, I think it's a time to bring more to the table than you're going to get. You're going to provide value. You're going to be a partner to them. Um, but yeah, it's a fine line, right? You need to be sensitive. And I think it's a time to do other things like people are donating equipment or like Zoom or they're, you know, they're, they're doing other things that are not asking someone to give them something, but they're giving. Like for us, we, we started past the plane, um, 
and there's a group on Facebook, but people are posting it on LinkedIn and other things, hashtag pass the plane. And the idea was we were feeling disconnected one as a company and we're all over the world and we're totally into travel and we love it. And a lot of us have kids. And so we were like, how can we do something that engages as a company? And, and someone had the idea on my team, like, well, look, we can make paper planes and like throw them to each other. So we started at within marketing doing that and, and throwing it to each other and we'd virtually do it. We'd like video it and then send it and tag someone and then they'd make one and they'd write on it and tag it. And then people started putting their city and state and country. So then we started seeing like Germany and we started seeing France and UK. And so it just like, there's something sad about it, but there's also something that kind of bonds us. And then I had personally, you know, my dad is uh, 74 and doesn't want to go to the grocery store. And he's, you see, he's a very social guy. Like he's, you know, is at home, but he's normally out and about and he does like flying clubs and different things like that. And so I tagged him, I don't know, Saturday or Sunday morning. And I said, Hey dad, um, film yourself building a paper airplane. Cause I remember throwing paper air airplanes with him and he was like, what? And I was like, just, just do it. And then like throw it. And so he was having fun. He sent it to me. He's like in his kind of like robe and he, I can see his slippers got like holes in it, but he was so excited. And then he like tried to prop the camera and he was like throwing it. And then he tagged my nephew yeah. in Albuquerque. And then my nephew, who's as my, same age as my oldest uh, 10, uh, he also made a video and then like text it. And then I just had this moment of, of like connecting and, and something that was fun that we could all do. And it kind of brings you back to your childhood. And then I have kids, so they got up a little bit later that day, but then we sat down and we had construction paper. Some people don't have paper. They're using like bills or, you know, different things. They started making it and running around the yard, throwing it at each other for like an hour. And we thought, you know, this is the kind of thing that, um, you could do as a brand. You can find something that, touches all of us because we're either, you know, we're homeschooling, we're at home, we're work from home. We want to connect. Most of us have phones, iPhones, we can do silly videos and it's not hard to load it. And so that's, you know, there's things like that. Figure out what works for your company and how you connect uh, and, and try and, you know, have some fun with it, I guess. Well, and I've been, I've been following along and, uh, watching the videos and stuff. I, I need to create a video. Um, yes. so maybe I'll do that this weekend, <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, but it's something that just like felt authentic and is like fun, seems like it's fun for your team. And it seems like it's not like this agenda filled sort of thing or anything like that. Like I just, I personally, I know that there's, you know, potentially some, some folks out there that maybe have been, um, you know, bad actors in this whole thing, but it, I generally feels like people want to just help each other out. They want to break the monotony. Um, I saw someone posting on, on Twitter the other day that, you know, they were having a conversation with their therapist and like, it's important to keep doing things that you would normally be doing or having some connection to your previous life. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you will feel isolated. You will feel these sort of things. And I just yeah, think you grieve, you grieve the loss of that. Totally. And, and I just think that there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, like there's, you know, a messaging app that I know like all my nieces and nephews are on now and like, you know, watching them on, you know, like these, the, and kids don't really understand how like FaceTiming works for some reason, you know, and so <laughs> yes. like have videos Eventually work. they pick it up, but yes. <laughs> I know, but it's hilarious to me. And then so I, I just think that there's a lot of stuff, everybody, you know, who, who has, who has kids there at home. Um, you know, people who don't are seeing other people's kids on all the conference calls and stuff. Like there's just yeah. stuff that we can do to, you know, to have some levity in, in really trying times. Um, I do feel like I know my team better. 
seeing them at yeah, home right? in their environment or with their family or understanding them, I definitely feel closer to my team. Yeah. We, in a I weird mean, way. We're like further apart than we've ever been, yet I feel like I know them as humans. Yeah, I, I feel the same way too. And I feel like um, that, you know, it's important to, you know, meet people where they are, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's funny. So I obviously I had a you know career in the military for a long time. And like one of the core tenets of the military is like, you know, that you actually go and go to the place where your soldiers live because you need to do like inspections and stuff like that. But then yeah. for other people, like you go to your boss's house for like a dinner or you go to, you know, you have your squad over, whatever it is. And so like, it's very, it's very much like built into the culture of like how close you have to be to each other yes. physically. Yeah, you're trusting um, them with your life. Yeah, but in corporate America, it's like the exact opposite, right? It's like, I want to separate my work from, you know, home life uh, potentially or things like that. But And that's totally fine too. Um, but I do feel the same way where it's like, we're now inviting our uh, our our colleagues into our lives. We are yeah. we have no choice. We don't um, have a choice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody knows that I, you know, me and my, my fiance cannot figure out how to put art on the walls, you know, <laughs> we just got blank walls. That's all right. Um, yes. but you know, whatever yeah. it is. And I think that, you know, as a marketing team to find those things that are unique to your organization, whatever those are, is super important. And someone on your team is thinking of something. Um, and, and it's fun to, it's fun to, to brainstorm and to create purposeful moments on your team to do stuff that is not worried about working. That is worrying about creative, silly projects, because like we yes. all need a little bit more of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, I, I got a good idea from um, Maria um, Pergolino. Uh, she's the CMO um, over at Active Campaign. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's doing this thing, uh, an, an um, emo, emoji check-in. She calls mm. it a, an emoji check-in on Slack. And she like just pings her team, like send back your, what you're, how you're feeling with an emoji. And so I did it with my team yesterday and it was, it was really cool to see the different, like some were, you know, feeling hopeful, others were tired, others were feeling very busy. And then I realized we had really strong animated GIF game because some people put back animated GIFs and like just to see the team interact. I, and, and the ones that look like they were struggling, like to be able to reach out to them and just check in on them. Like I think those, those are the things that we might not have done before this because we'd see each other in the office, but like to like use the technology you have like Slack and do an emoji check-in with your team, like things I wouldn't have thought to do before, but it was such a great idea. You know, variety is the spice of life and I appreciate it because uh, it's, it is, I mean, you know, we're so serious and like this show, I would say, generally speaking, we, we, uh, is more, more serious than probably all of our collective personalities, uh, are because, you know, the business world is, is serious at times, but yeah, I, I think that stuff like that, and that's like the beauty of, you know, tools like Slack and other things. And now with, you know, obviously messaging and all sorts of other, other, uh, and social media where you just have this abundance of, of all sorts of fun things that you can insert into, into work to make it, um, you know, to break up the monotony a little bit. I, and I'm curious too, like, how are you structuring deep work? Like, how are you, how are you helping your team like both connect virtually and then also like break away and do deep work? Well, I mean, we, like I said, we, we check in in the morning with our directs and kind of talk through our priorities. And then I check in with the team later in the day. And so I think just being very focused, you know, i I, every week I go through our top priorities and it's like sales, CSM enablement, number one, sales pipeline, number two, 
content community three, right? So, like these are our top priorities. This is who, what who each you know what each team owns. Some people are going through more of a procurement process on cutting back on the budget, renegotiating contracts, you know, from a cash preservation standpoint. So just making sure everyone has they know exactly what the role is, what their top priorities are, and then they go. And then of course we check in and we're we're monitoring kind of we're measuring the results of our efforts. You know, I, the, your cash, your cash is king thing also made me think of something else, which is um, that that conversation that you had with your vendor, which is such a such an insightful conversation because it's saying like, hey, we know that like the money can't go back into the jar, but you're gonna have a problem doing blank, like just taking down those ads in general is gonna be a problem, and we have a problem. And you need to keep the money. And we have a problem because we need to get some extra value out of this. So like, let's work together to figure it out. And it's an important thing because depending on who the vendor is, you know, like we, we have an artist that, that we work with that um, I was just like, hey, I'll just pay you up front. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, I, because cash is going to be super important to this person because not a lot of people are going to be buying custom artwork. So it's like, you know, we'll just we'll pay you up front, get you paid. Like once the money hits, you can start on the project, which is just normally not something that you do for potentially like artwork or something like that. And I just think that how you treat both ends of, of the equation as paying your vendors and as, you know, you being a vendor is like, we all know that cash is super important. I know that you're investing your money wisely and and I'm trying to help you invest your money wisely by, you know, buying our product. So it, it's just, it goes both ways. And I think that, you know, people have to be really sensitive to who the folks are, especially your contractors and people that like really are going to be struggling potentially. Yeah. And we found other vendors, like if you're doing a newsletter blast, maybe they could do two for you instead of one, mm -hmm. or they can run a digital ad, you know, for so many impressions, maybe they could double the impressions for you. And there's just like different things that your vendors could do to help out, to help your, your money go a little further. And you're going to remember that. And when your budgets come back and everything rebounds, you're going to have a bond with that, that vendor or partner. Yeah. Especially things that have like zero marginal cost, right? If you're like, if you're like, hey, you know, I I I know how the business model works. And I know how you you know you you make your money, but like, if it doesn't really cost you any extra money to do blank, like, can you can you do us a solid? And I promise, on the other end, we'll we'll make you good on that. Yes. Yep. Cool. Well, anything else? I mean, this has been awesome. I uh, I really appreciate appreciate you coming on and and the insights. No, thanks for having me. I just challenge you all to do past the plane. I want to see him. Tag me. Yeah. Hashtag pass the plane. Um, thanks everyone for listening. If you have questions, um, you know, as always, uh, check out Megan and, uh, and trip actions and we'll link it up in the show notes. Thank you. Marketing trends podcast is brought to you by Salesforce discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM Salesforce, put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic.
The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.